Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today's episode was sponsored by Phoebe.com, helping people of all ages to unlock their creative potential. To find out more about Phoebe's events and what they can do for you, visit phoebe.com. That's F-O-B-I dot com. Phoebe, full of bright ideas. One quick message before I start the show. You can find all the links and resources for this episode by visiting the show notes on rickyrichards.com. I also want to thank you ahead of time for listening to the podcast. It's a pleasure to produce and I'd love to share my passion for podcasting with more people. So if you enjoy this show, please help me spread the word either by subscribing on iTunes or Stitcher or sharing this episode. Let's get into the show. Welcome to Ricky Richards Represents, the show where I talk tips of success with leading figures of creativity and innovation. It's said that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Well, just recently I found myself for probably the fourth or fifth time in the last few years in a state of overwhelming tension due to the cognitive overload that I have once again willingly embraced, so not to seemingly restrict myself or disappoint anyone. However, the result of said action has actually achieved exactly what I sought to avoid, leaving me in a state of insomnia and weariness, as well as failing to deliver to my fullest potential on all that I claimed I could. Despite my failings to deliver to those I promised, my biggest source of disappointment has come because of the failings to myself and those I love the most. At times when I take too much on, I become cantankerous and robotic as I attempt to luge my way towards the completion of my promises, every time emerging from such times no better off than when I started, only annoyed by the fact that my long-term projects are no closer to completion. Having done this several times, I realise that these afflictions are self-induced and that it's up to me to rectify the problem. My unwillingness to say no to good-intentioned people who simply wish to utilise my time and skills on the surface seems like a noble thing to do, but in actual fact is doing myself and those I help a disservice. For the sake of my relationships and my own sanity, I've recently undergone some introspection to clarify what projects I should and should not undertake and I hope the results will be enlightening to not just myself, but anyone who finds themselves in similar positions from time to time. To begin my ramblings, I want to start by repeating the words of a Hungarian-born poet, whose name I'm 100% going to get wrong. Gajuk Folgri, who when asked why he became a poet at the age of seven, replied, because I was afraid to die. For those of us creative types who possess a realistic sense of our relative insignificance in the grand scheme of life, We often only seek to transcend the limitations of our bodies by means of self-expression, hopefully having left the world better off for our existence. 
The ideal means of doing this is to be completely free to express ourselves and our own ideas. The unfortunate reality, however, is that the vast majority of our means of self-expression do not provide adequate financial returns to live a life that is not frivolous, but comfortable. And given the option, it is unlikely that we would willingly do commercial work where we have to sacrifice our creative integrity, but neither do we wish to live the life of a starving artist. The question then is how do we become selective in choosing which commercial jobs to undertake in order that you can maximise the time you can spend on projects that have lasting value and that ultimately fulfil you? I appreciate that this is a rather idealistic approach to life and one that many people are not fortunate enough to contemplate. But that makes it all the more important to those individuals who can to not squander their privilege and to instead use it to the best of your ability and hopefully in ways that benefit the greater good. Suppose you see this reality as feasible but not yet achieved. The task at hand is to try and maximise profits in the short term so to open up adequate leeway to concentrate on those life goal projects that require significant time but no guaranteed financial reward. So how can you achieve this? The answer, I believe, lies in the types of work in which creatives undertake and to switch from a short-term to long-term perspective when it comes to creative projects. The vast majority of creative professionals primarily seek to perform tasks that fall into the first of a three-tier project hierarchy. The first being credibility builders, the second product ecosystems, and lastly, passive projects. So let's get into it. What are credibility builders? Credibility builders account for the vast majority of projects undertaken by creative professionals. They are projects that seek to reinforce credibility in a given area. This might be working for a big-name client or a large organisation or delivering exceptional results to a client. The result of these types of projects is that individuals are given money in return for their services. The problem with this as a means of earning money is that it's a perpetual cycle. You work to earn money and then oftentimes spend that money while seeking new opportunities to earn more money and so the cycle continues. The only value to be taken from this first tier is the lasting value of credibility and expertise. For many people, however, these factors become the driving force to make them continue to try and achieve in any given area. The mistake people make is that even once they reach high levels of success in a given space, they continue to work on projects that add nothing to increase their credibility or expertise, but instead merely reinforce it. Instead of being overly selective over which projects to undertake and only taking on projects that can significantly raise their bar, people tend to take on any projects that pay and hence spend years treading hypothetical water. Now is this a bad thing? Well, not always. If you genuinely, wholeheartedly love the projects you undertake, then who am I to say you're wasting your time? But for the sake of this argument, I'm assuming that most people would rather be working on their own dream projects as opposed to fulfilling those of others. So let's assume that you've already reached high levels of credibility in your field. As a side note, if you haven't, then I'd get back to work. But if you have, this is my suggestion. If you find yourself in a position regularly where you're unable to say no to people offering you projects, as I sometimes do, a great technique is to price yourself out of 95% of the market. This will mean that if projects don't arise that can significantly push your credibility forward, at least you'll be being paid well, and therefore you can increase the duration of time you go between projects, which then presents you with the opportunity to work on those projects you would do if you knew your demise was only months away. I want to point out that I'm fully aware that debate and death is quite morbid, but I do believe that posing this hypothetical situation is the best way to assess if you really are concentrating on projects that are important to you.
Now on to the second tier projects, product ecosystems. Second tier projects are referred to as your product ecosystem. Product ecosystems in the context of creative professionals refer to how you can package a product or expertise in a way that productizes it, i.e. turn it into something you can sell repeatedly. The basic principle of product ecosystems is that by productizing your offering, it allows you to sell it at scale. As you increase your credibility with tier one projects, you slowly build enough recognition to encourage people to partake or buy into your tier two ecosystems. As an example, those who know me will know that I run a number of ideas workshops. This is my way of productizing what I do as a day job. Instead of coming up with ideas and selling them to clients, I'm selling the means of coming up with those ideas by creating workshops that multiple people can attend. The benefit of this productization is that I can offer someone a great experience for very little money, but when extrapolated over numerous people, I'm still able to make significantly more than I would do in a tier one project. To put this into context, a day of my time may cost a client £400, and they would consider me to be expensive. But an attendee paying £120 to spend a day learning a skill they can apply for the rest of their lives would consider it a relative bargain. But with 30 people attending each event, each paying £120, I could earn up to £3,600 a day, assuming I don't partner and have access to free space to host the events. As you can see, the financial benefits of productizing your expertise can come with significant financial rewards, and as such, you can reduce the time it takes to make lump sums of money, therefore giving you more time to work on those life goal projects. For those that are able to get their head around packaging their expertise, it's likely that this second tier will account for the vast majority of your earning potential, and the scale of your offering is relatively limitless. The third and final tier on the product hierarchy are passive projects, which are rightly seen as the mecca of all projects. Not necessarily for being fantastically creative, but because successful passive projects give creatives the only resource we can't buy, time. For those who are capable of creating passive projects, it can be the difference between getting by with a handful of freelance projects as opposed to having to work a full-time day job. Passive projects are projects that once created have value but effectively run themselves. Creating projects that are completely passive is extremely difficult, but a good place to start is to ask yourself, what could I create that once made people would be prepared to pay for but that requires little to no upkeep? Typically, people tend to emphasise two areas when trying to create passive projects. Will people really pay for it? And will it really require little to no upkeep? The second part of this equation is important because the most undervalued element of creating passive projects is how will people find what you've created? If you don't have an effective delivery method or way of people discovering your project, then it's unlikely you'll make any money from it at all and your time will have been wasted. Many people try to create assets that are capable of being passive, but they fall short because without significant effort, they're unable to drive people to their product, platform or asset. So be sure to make your method of delivery your third question when debating if an idea is worthy of pursuing. Now let me bring this back to the point of this ramble in the first place. What projects should you be working on? As an overarching statement, I would encourage people to try where possible to work on their bucket list projects. But when that's not feasible in the short term, try to identify projects that give you the greatest money to time benefit in the long run. This means prioritising projects that people love, are prepared to pay for, and that once completed, require minimal upkeep. And let's not forget the added aspect of having a means of getting said idea to people in the first place.
If you don't have any means of distributing your work, products or ideas, then I would consider building your credibility by either working on highly respectable tier one projects that you purposefully select because they deliver disproportionate returns for their time investment or second tier projects that provide enough financial return, credibility boost and networking opportunities until you reach a point where passive projects become a viable option. To conclude, if you stick to this as a means of selecting your projects, then I believe you're well on your way to establishing a base that can sustain you long enough to work on projects that are most important to you and that you feel will be a good reflection of the contribution that you can make in the world. Finally, before I go, I assume that many of you will be somewhere in the middle of this process already, in which case I encourage you to get even more granular as to what projects need to deliver in order for you to undertake them. Maybe your aspirations are to travel, so it needs to involve moving around. Maybe you prefer brands that have an ethical stint, and so you're going to focus on projects for ethical brands. Or maybe you're just a vocal social justice warrior and want all your projects to tell people how much they suck and how awesome your values are. Ultimately, I don't know your goals. I only know mine. But if you'd be curious to see an in-depth breakdown of how I currently choose the kind of projects I work on, from the subject matter through to the partners I work with, I've included a free PDF download that outlines all my due diligence that I pledge to go through before accepting any projects moving forward. So if you're lazy, feel free to steal my checklist. But if you want to customise it for you, feel free to take the structure and make it your own. I'm sure taking the time out to create it will be a worthy time investment. For now, it's bye from me. Tune in next time when I'll be posting another great interview with an inspiring individual. Or maybe I'll just be ranting again, who knows. So wherever you are in the world... Hope you have a great day and I hope this has been some use to you and bye for now. Cheers. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to subscribe and share. As a final parting word from me, I'd like to invite you all to an ongoing project called the Move Me Mailing List. The Move Me Mailing List includes links to all the interesting things I've uncovered that month, as well as resources I've discovered and insights that I believe will move you forward. So join the thousand plus early adopters who've joined the list already and see what all the fuss is about. Finally, wherever you are in the world, I hope you have a great week and see you next time for another episode. Bye for now. Today's episode was sponsored by Phoebe.com, helping people of all ages to unlock their creative potential. To find out more about Phoebe's events and what they can do for you, visit Phoebe.com. That's F-O-B-I.com. Phoebe, full of bright ideas. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.